For more information on this topic or on the subject of disciple-making in general, look us up online at browndegreen.org or send us an email directly at podcast at browndegreen.org. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Great Awakening, a disciple-making podcast brought to you by Brown to Green on the Stream Grace Network. Hey, disciples, thank you for listening. This is your host, Michael Ferris. This is Travis Evans. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, leave us a review or share our podcast with family and friends. Let them know they can listen to us on any podcasting listening platform. If you're interested in the topic, check us out at browndegreen.org and on Facebook, Brown and Green. Today, our guest is, when I point to you, say your name. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm not used to this radio business. I don't know these radio cues. Do, do you it's, remember David, your, it's David Brockman. Do you remember your name? <laughs> My name is David Brockman. <laughs> yeah, it is. Most of the time. So. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, this is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I've yeah, been extremely excited to have you on the podcast. Me too. I'm so excited to be here today. That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm here, so it's going to be great. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. So, so David actually walked with me and Travis as we walked with Moinks. Yeah. Heck and yeah. so, man, like we're we're the Gen One of Hair Church, and man, it's been it's been an awesome time and awesome, man. We have a lot of fun. That was a that was a cool minute ago, as the kids would say. Oh, weird, yeah. It's about yeah, almost five years ago now. It will like don't say that again. <laughs> in, seriously, <laughs> yes. in, in March it'll be five years. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Isn't it crazy. Yeah. I don't like that at all. I know that makes me feel real old. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well done. Hey, sound of like it. We have stepped it up today, oh, folks. Man, we're real time we have now. Special effects. Next time I'm bringing my own. I'm gonna bring like an old duffel bag of sound effects. <laughs> yeah. This will be fun. So. Dude, that's crazy. Five years, man. It is crazy. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Not the truth. So come on, man. All right. So David, tell us a little bit of who you are. What you're into about this ten point buck you shot the other day? What? (laughs) Um, I mean, so I'm David Brockman, man. I don't. I'm a disciple maker, right? (laughs) Come on. Um, so short version of a long story. Like my wife and I were were on staff at a church. Did it for like seven years, did the best that we could. And, and at the end of that, we're tired and frustrated and, and knew that like there had to be more. But the reality was when we, when we quit doing that, when we quit, like when I stepped out of what we would call traditional church ministry, I wasn't looking for more. I was just looking to, to be done, you know? Um, what? It's, I'm just playing with my mind. Travis is making eyes at me. You guys yeah. can see him. I'm like, what the heck am I doing wrong? You did nothing wrong, man. Just keep going. Come I feel on. like I'm breathing real loud. <laughs> um, but, man, so so we uh, we moved from Moore to Hera, and I was just super content to buy four acres and sit out there and raise four boys. And, and uh, man, I remember, I remember sitting on my front porch one day literally having the thought of, like, in the Old Testament, you see people that were raised up to do specific things. And they were real prominent for a season, like they were doing things for the Lord and the Lord had asked them to do specific things. And all of a sudden they just disappeared and you never heard from, from them again. And I remember having the thought like, maybe that's all this was, Lord. Maybe 10 years from now, my wife and I will look back and we'll go, hey, we did youth ministry. Remember, remember when we used to do youth ministry? Wasn't that crazy? Um, and we'll look back on this season and go, like that was just this little weird season of our lives and, and now it's okay to just go to church and love Jesus and go to work and come home and and do life, you know? And, uh, and then Chris Moik showed up and screwed all that up. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, man. And, uh, I would say in that season of my life, maybe the most significant thing that the Lord taught me was that like rest does not automatically equal restoration. And that like, as I was sitting around doing nothing, I wasn't getting any better. Um, I wasn't getting well just when I quit doing stuff. And, uh, and I thought I would, like, I thought, I thought things would get better if I just took a, took a big break. And, uh, and it didn't. Nothing. Nothing got any better. And and then even somehow, like I got roped back into things that not even roped back in, but I said yes to things that like I, I probably wasn't well enough to be doing even at, yeah. at that season. Um, and uh, and then was going like, here we go again. Like we're gonna we're gonna go through the same process of, of getting tired and burned out and frustrated, and nothing's fixed that was broken before. And uh, hey, man, honestly, I remember I remember like getting done teaching on a Sunday and going like like that was garbage, right? Like what I just gave this away to this body, um, teaching on a Sunday morning and and getting done and going, how can people not see how unwell I am, mm-hmm. right? Um, and honestly, like so that was a season that that broke my heart and uh, 
And man, then right after that, like, like Moik showed up and I was actively avoiding relationship with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I did not want to spend any time with him. I was trying to make sure that he didn't get me alone to, to start asking me questions. And then he invited me to dinner one day and I said, yes. And an hour and a half later, he said, uh, he said, man, if you follow me, I can make you a disciple who makes disciples. I said, you sound pretty cocky. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, if you can do what you say you can do, I'm in. And and five years later, man, like the rest is history, right? Come on, man. So, hey, so little little more background. How old were you on. when you How old were you when you started on staff at? That? Um, when I when we went on staff at a church in Moore. All right, so Garrett Garrett is 13 now, and he was one month old when we moved from Moore to or from uh from Lawton to Moore. So it would have been 13 years ago. And I'm 36, yeah. So I'd have been like 23, yeah. 23 when we moved. Pretty, pretty young. Yeah, we were babies, man. And then, and then this this moment you're talking about, where like you got on stage and you gave some away that you thought was junk, right? Right. Like this is in that interim time when when HC was without a lead guy. Yes, sir. Yep. Right? Yep. So we. Uh, so this is in the year before Moik, year or so before Moik showed up when we're we're just in cruise control, yeah. which wasn't. I mean. I know that it's good, but it, what's crazy to think about now is like we have some conversations about things that we see broken sometimes with like within other bodies or things that like we're going, hey man, they're dead or or whatever. But there, I think something we got to remember as a body at HC sometimes is that like that's normal, yeah. right? We've, yeah. we've been immersed in this culture for five years now. And so what's normal for us is not normal for everybody else like right yeah. and so i would say eight like hc in that season was just super normal it was right. it wasn't bad it wasn't wrong it was we weren't like teaching blasphemous things it was just show up on sunday morning you know teach and worship and go home yeah. um, we're just trying to stay afloat right and and so yeah there was a season where the lead guy had stepped out and there was a bunch of people kind of stepping up and filling in holes and like I said, even though I wasn't super well, uh, I was pretty good at filling holes. So I started getting asked yeah. to do stuff, you know? And and I mean, I've told this story before, but uh, it, it literally, it was kind of probably the low point of looking back and going like, like this is the ultimate playing church is I was supposed to be teaching on Sunday morning and it's Saturday at nine o'clock and I literally have no idea what I'm gonna talk about and I'm scrolling through Facebook and I find an article that's it, it it had some scripture with it but it was literally a facebook article that was like four ways to to live a better life and i was like oh that'll work i grabbed the four points off of it threw some scripture on it and got up the next sunday morning and, and gave it away like it was the voice of the lord and 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 uh and then people came up to me and told me it was good right and that was when i went what the heck is going on yeah. um so anyway does that make sense yeah yeah that's good. that makes sense <laughs> I mean, like at 23, but you had been doing a little bit of ministry before that. Is that correct? Um, yeah. So I uh, trying to figure out how much backstory to give. I'm fine with it. We just I got a timer counting down. Yeah. In front don't of look me. at it's it. Don't look me at me. Look at my. It tells eyes. me I got 36 minutes. Look at my so. eyes. Don't look at the timer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, so, Rockman said he's gonna do this in 10 minutes. Another short <laughs> for those of you that know. Don't him, make fun of me. You'll get a you'll get a kick out. Another short version of a long story. I got arrested at 7:30 in the morning on my 18th birthday, and I ended up in a in a program called Teen Challenge. Um, man, the coolest thing, like just a quick little plug for Teen Challenge. Like the coolest thing about Teen Challenge is you show up there, and they don't care what your drug of choice is, they don't care what your vice is, they don't care what it is. They say you have a sin problem, right? You, you drink alcohol, but that's a symptom of your sin problem. You do drugs, but that's a symptom of your sin problem. And so I don't like, I'm not David Brockman, the alcoholic or David Brockman, the drug addict. I'm David Brockman, like, like the sinner. Right. Yeah. And they go, we, we got an answer for that. And the answer is Jesus. Come and on. so at teen Come challenge, on, the only cool. thing that they offer is, is Jesus. Right. And, uh, and I'd grown up in church and I remember sitting in jail going, okay, Lord, like I've tried everything else the world has to offer. Now it's time to try you. Right. And so I got to Teen Challenge and like I was I was ready, man. The Lord had softened my heart and uh, and he did some, so I was in Teen Challenge in the program for a year and he did some crazy wild things. And so then at 19, um, I was on staff at Teen Challenge. So that's that's when like I first stepped into anything like ministry wise was being on staff at Teen Challenge when I was 19, from the time I was 19 to 20. 
And then somewhere along there, we started doing, like we started helping with youth at a church in Lawton and we were teaching Sunday school and teaching junior high small groups and, you know, just doing, doing what people do when they're doing ministry stuff, you know? And, and it was good. It was super cool. I learned a ton um, in that season, but it was certainly a change to go from being at Teen Challenge where you see people go from death to life every day, right? Like you see people getting free from things to going to church where like it, it, I wasn't seeing the same the same kind of changed lives as I was as I was seeing at Teen Challenge, um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And so, man, how long again? So, roughly, you're saying about twelve years you were on staff at Moore. No, I was on staff for like seven years. For seven years. Yep. Okay. And so from there, like you got to the point where you're like, man, like I'm like I'm done. Yeah, man. So uh, a good friend of mine who was he was uh, one of my best friends and and really. Man, looking back on it, like we talk about this word spiritual family all the time. And like uh, Joey Crozier was spiritual family before I knew what spiritual family was. Joey and I started hanging out every Sunday night with with the sole purpose of like holding each other accountable. That's cool. Um, and uh, like we walked through some super, super hard things together. Um, <laughs> Joey, Joey was where, man, like Joey was older than me. Um, he had been married longer than me and he was going through things that like I had no experience in, right? Um, and so I remember sitting across the table from him going, I, I've got nothing to give this guy except the word. So I would almost sheepishly like give him the word, man, I don't want to tell you this right now, but this is what the word says. And I got nothing else to give you. Yeah. And, and it, it built this bond between us that I probably had never had with anybody up to that point in my life. And, uh, and so Joey and I would hang out on Sunday nights and, and we would, we would like spur each other on. Right. Um, and we would encourage each other and we would laugh together and cry together and, 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 uh, talk about Jesus. And so I forgot what the question was that you asked me to tell you the truth. <laughs> what was the question? Well, you got to this point where you're like, man, I'm, I'm done. So and you pulled, yeah. Hanging out with Joey every Sunday. I remember telling him for like a year, I said, Joey, like, if I'm real honest, I feel like I'm failing at everything. I said, I'm not the husband that I want to be. I'm not the dad that I want to be. I'm not the youth pastor that I need to be. Um, I feel like I don't have enough time, energy, or effort to give to these things that I'm supposed to be doing, but all of them are good things. Like what are, what, what are these things that I'm supposed to quit? Like I'm not doing anything I'm not supposed to be doing. I'm not spending hours a week playing video games, right? Like I'm, they're all good things, but um, I, I feel like I'm failing at everything that matters right now because I can't give any of it the, the attention that it needs. And, uh, and so that all just kind of came to a head at some point. We're going like the one thing that can, that can change is doing youth. Right. And, and really in that season, man, I, I would say I sat with the Lord. Um, I mean, obviously it was the right choice. Like the Lord was ordaining some crazy things that were coming for us. But, um, I would say the most significant thing was, was like, like deciding that I've got four kids now and like four, for a season, it's okay for those kids to be my youth group. Like, like yeah. stopping doing youth ministry didn't mean that we were stopping doing ministry. It just meant that like, like my kids needed some more of my time. Um, Come on. That's and good. so, so that was what we did. And, and we lived in a parsonage that the church owned. So quitting my job meant we didn't have a house anymore. Um, and our plan was to buy a house and more, right? Our plan was just to buy a house, keep going to the same church and just keep rocking along. And houses are more real expensive. <laughs> and so... We started looking a little bit farther out, ended up buying a house in Hera. No family, no church, no nothing. Just four acres and a crappy old house that we could afford. And we said, hey, let's let's do it. And uh, and like the Lord had bigger plans, man, right? So it's crazy to me for me to think that like so many people that are super significant in my life right now were kind of spread out all over the place. And somehow like the Lord dropped us all, all in this little tiny Hera, Oklahoma at the same time. Yeah. Right? And... Uh, so it's pretty cool. And it's cool. And so you're in this, you're in this season of like, I really, I want rest, but you're not finding restoration whatsoever. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was a deal where, um, man, so, so we moved, we waited till our kids got out of school and we moved from Moore to Hera and it was, so it would have been like in May. And here's like, I told my wife, I, t- I told Jenny, I said, I don't even want to look for a church for the summer. Like, I just want to do nothing. I said, we've, we've been the the, tw- the term that I would have used is like we've been a slave to Sunday for for ten years now, right? From Jenny was on staff at the church that we went to in Lawton, so she needed to be there. Um, 
and then having to be at the church in Lawton and then being on staff at a church and more like we, we were a slave to Sunday for 10 years. And I said, I don't want to do that for a season. And so I was ready to just chill, right? I was going to camp and hang out and do fun stuff all summer. Raise my chickens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, man, if you guys know my, my, my wife at all, like that lasted about two weeks. Um, because she is wired significantly different than me. She needs people. And she was a stay at home mom with four boys and then was also babysitting like three kids to help make some income for our family. So she's literally, I moved her away from her friends and away from town. We moved out to the country and she's at home all day with seven kids and she's talking to nobody. She's got no adult interaction. And um, it, it was just a, I remember coming home from work one day. I mean, it was literally like two weeks and she's she's bawling in the kitchen and she said, I can't do this. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I, I need friends. And the only way I know how to make friends is to go to church. And so I said, all right, just pick a church and we'll go to a church. And it was funny because we had all these grand ideas. We'll go try like whatever, what people do, right? <clears throat> we'll go chase down all these different churches and, and figure out which one the Lord would have us go to. Yeah. But I wasn't in any spot to where I wanted to hear from the Lord, right? She said, hey, we're going to this HC church, Hera Church. Okay. And so we walked in the doors of Hera Church like the next Sunday, right? Um, and, uh, and we never left, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, it's, it's pretty cool. Like the, the, Lord, the Lord knew what he was doing. But like I said, for that first, for the first couple of months, um, and I remember have, like apologizing to you, Travis, at one point because you were super – like you tried, like you would come up and talk to me and you try to engage and like you would, would say hi and, and uh, like you were trying to let your, your little baby E roll. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I just wasn't having it. Like I was, I was actively avoiding relationship for that season. Um, and the only reason I was there was because my wife wanted to be there. And uh, like I said, the Lord, Lord had other plans for that mess, didn't he? The, the graces i remember none of that right because <laughs> i was in my own battle <laughs> right. <laughs> right. so anyway yeah. um but yeah so so that was that was kind of the deal was uh coming to a place where i'm going i can't do all these things and i got to do something different but i didn't know what different was so we just did different for the sake of different and nothing got any better right mm, that's cool what year was this when you guys came to hc um, You're asking him all these technical questions. What year is it's 2021 now? It seems like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, so when did we start? You well, said March, of March or February of when did we start? 2017. Mar March yeah. of 17. Yeah, so fi I think it would have been 2015. 2015. Yeah, I think, I think it was so. 15. Yeah. So that's crazy. So yeah. we, me and Lauren showed up at 2008. Yeah. And I flew under the radar. Right. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Well, I think Travis is the only one. Who, Travis and I, Roland are the only ones who, and maybe Murray. I was there in 2011. Yeah. Yeah, it was when I got there. Um, but. Well, and that's what's crazy is like, so we overlapped for a while, but I had never seen, I, I couldn't even remember like seeing you in the back until the day you walked into Moix's house. Yeah, it's because we were all wrestling with our own stuff. Man. Right. Like Travis said, we, yeah. all, yeah. we all had our own things going on. How cool is that? Like, oh. I don't know. To me, it was just, as you were talking, I was thinking about that when Travis said that, I was like, how cool is it? Like, like the Lord brought us all there and we all have different stories how we ended up at HC and we're all going through stuff right. and reality is we might have just me and Travis had hung out one night yeah. at, at Hare church, you know, for a new year's thing. And like, I'd only brushed elbows with a couple people, but like the Lord was already doing stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, Heck yeah. Almost like he knows what he's doing. Right? Almost yeah. like Almost he's crazy. Yeah. It's he's so crazy. Cool. Like he's in charge of it all. So <laughs> that's neat. So, so jump back forward. So now we're in, you, you have this conversation with Moix at yeah. lunch. Chris Moix shows up, flips yeah. everything upside down. Yeah. And, so he he says, "Hey, I can, I can teach you to fish for men," and you say, "If you can do what you say you can do, I'm in." Yep. So, but you sound cocky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did. It's it's kind of funny because he he moixes a lot of stories. Uh, <laughs> he does. That, that is a that is a is that a verb or an adjective? It's Both. A, it's yeah. All of the above. <laughs> it's like it's a noun and a verb and an adjective yeah, all in one. All the things. Um, but we went to dinner. And that was, like I said, he, his ask was, if you, if you follow me, I'll make you a disciple who can make disciples. And, uh, and I, I was in, man, I'm like, that's the kind of things that make my heart beat fast. Right. Um, and it's things that I had tried to do before and failed at. It's things that we try to do in youth ministry. I mean, I could talk about that for a while, but, um, 
it, it was pretty cool when the Lord started to connect dots and go like, like I'm giving the desires of your heart, right? Because it's things that we had tried to do before and it's what we knew needed to happen, but there was no box for it. Yeah. I, I remember going to Mardell's one day with, with the intention of finding curriculum, right? Finding a program that I can come home and bring home and disciple these students, right? Um, and there was nothing. I didn't find anything. So I literally went home and started writing something and I've still got... I've started writing what I thought was going to be a program called Becoming the Twelve, right? Oh, that's cool. Um, and and like it had three premises. It was the call, the cost, and the promise, right? And like I, I invited some, I sat down four or five kids and I said, here's what Jesus says. Like, here's what I'm saying to you. And like, so here's the call. Here's the call in your life. Lay everything down and follow me, right? So I'm telling you, like we, we had tried to do this thing and, and failed and didn't have anybody to teach us how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was excited when Chris when Chris asked me, but I also was kind of hesitant because we had like like we had chased down the th the next big thing, right? We had we had tried purpose driven youth ministry, and I had tried some other stuff, and like I went to youth conventions and and youth pastors retreats and and things trying to to find the answer to the questions. And I mean, I was telling somebody this the other day, like I went to a a a, a youth ministry convention while we were still on staff. And I was, I left super hopeful of going like, like, this is where I'm going to find the answers that I'm looking for. And man, that was probably where I, I decided that it was okay to put it in cruise control because I came home from that youth ministry convention feeling like not only did I not get the answers to the questions that I'm asking, but there was nobody else in the whole place even asking the same questions. And so when you're surrounded by people that are supposed to be the people that you look up to that have been doing this thing for a long time and have been successful and are teaching and leading and doing all that. And, I, and it was, I'm not, it's not to, to, to talk bad about any of those things, but like I started looking at myself going, I must be the one that's wrong. Maybe I'm expecting too much. Maybe I'm, I'm just mm. misunderstanding it. Right. So I came back and went, well, if it's okay for everybody else and it's gotta be okay for me to just come back and, and do what we know as, as youth ministry, right? Yeah. Um, and so I would I would kind of say that's where I, 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 the language I would use now is that's where I, I stopped being discipled to Jesus and started being discipled to the church. Um, Tra traditions. And uh, and so all that to say, so Chris invites me in, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. He tells me I can't tell him yes that night. Right. <laughs> so, so I sit with the Lord and then I texted him I think it was the next day or the day after. And I sent him a text at like 6.30 in the morning. And I said, so what does this mean? I have to sell all my stuff now and follow yeah. you? <laughs> and he called me immediately because he didn't understand my sarcasm yet. And uh, I think he was a little offended. He's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he thought I was going to be his problem child. But then um, it was cool. And so, so then we started rolling, right? And a couple weeks later, I'm sitting in his living room with a bunch of guys that literally one guy in the room um, I'd had any kind of relationship with, and it was it was Dustin Murray, and I was all the rest of you guys. I wasn't sure I liked you yet. So <laughs> that's here, awesome. here we are, and uh, and so we rolled. I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of the deal. You, this is a disciple making podcast, right? People know that story. My story is not yeah. special, right? But what's right. cool now, probably the coolest thing. I was talking to somebody yesterday. The coolest thing about this whole thing is like my story is is significant, but it's not abnormal anymore. Yeah, right. Like I wasn't well and then I got discipled and then I got well. Right. Yeah. Like somebody discipled me to Jesus. Somebody taught me to quit listening to people and to hear the voice of the Lord. And all of a sudden things got better. Right. Yeah. Um, and not only did they teach me so that it got better for me, but they taught me how to help other people do it. And so now five years later, it's what it's what we do. Yeah. Right. It's 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 not even just what we do. It's who we are. Like it's it's the only identity that. Um, you know, outside of being a son, like it's the only identity that I've ever been comfortable with. Is like, like we make disciples, man. Come on, um, and Pur uh, purpose. Yeah, come on. So, so, anyway, so that, that was question? that was the perfect lead in to the to one of the questions that we ask. You see, it's right here, right? Yeah, it's so it's <laughs> like like tell us like a like a big transformation in David Brockman in that time of being discipled, right? You said there were two things, right? The this thing in in learning to eat for yourself. I forget right. the language you use. Right. Learning, learning to feed for yourself. Learning to hear the voice of the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And then to go on and teach others. So the first question is, is like, tell us this, like tell us some of the, like like one of the, the key points of the transformation in David Brockman in the in the time of being discipled by Chris Moyes. 
Um, man, I still I still remember we we were uh, we were learning how to eat the word, and it wasn't even my it wasn't even what I was eating. It was Roland and Mark Creer. I remember this. Stop shaking your head. You're gonna make me cry because <laughs> uh. it's it's like you talk about what where like the Lord built a pillar in me. Roland and Mark Creer are eating a verse out of Ephesians, um, and it talks about being being blessed in heavenly places, right? And, and man, I'll tell you the truth. Like I went back and ate it, and I'm not even totally sure that it says exactly what I thought it said. <laughs> <laughs> and now now that I know how to eat the word even even better than I did, um, man, that word blessed it means a lot of different things. But on the surface, when when I when I'm looking at it that night. It says, uh, like blessed, it says that it means to be spoken highly of, right? Yeah. And, and it said that you're like, you're blessed in heavenly places. And man, what got on me that night was that like, like when, when Jesus and like when, when Jesus and God, the father have a conversation with me about me in heaven, right? Yeah. Like it literally, it says they speak highly of me. Come on, man. And, and I remember like, it was the first, so, so I, I'm kind of like freaking out over this and Chris kind of jumps over there and he goes like, why is this significant, significant for you? And I said, because like, like it means that I'm okay. Come on. Right. Come on. Like I thought, um, I thought I was, I thought I was broken. Like, and, and probably the biggest lie that I was believing as a Christian at that point in my life was that like, the Lord's grace covered all my sin up until the point that I turned my life over to him, right? Like I believed that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me, right? right? And I believed that the cross and the blood covered all the stupid stuff that I had done, right? But then I thought, now that I know better, now it's my responsibility, right? Yeah. And so I had a really hard time trying to figure out how I, um, how I, wrestle out like the sin that's still in me like i believe that i'm a new creation but i'm still an idiot like i believe that i'm a new creation but i'm still selfish i believe that yeah. i'm a new creation but like there's still things that are holding on to me um like i'm still sinning right and and so i thought i mean i started to believe that like i was i was broken right and so the, the probably the first pillar of faith that the lord ever built in me um through the process of being discipled was was just just telling me that night like I'm okay. And it was like, I still remember it was in green writing, big writing on the bottom of that post-it note, on the, David Brockman. On the wall I'm okay. Yeah. Love Jesus. Right. It was in the dining room. Like I, yeah. it, like it, it's, it's etched in my memory, man. Right um, by where the piano sits. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember that night, man. It was cool. It was, it was super significant. Yeah, it was. Uh, and uh, so that's when I started to change my mind too about like, well, if I'm okay, then like, then these things do qualify for me. Then yeah. I can, I can multiply my life. Right. Come on, man. So then it's your question. That is, that's super good. It yeah. Was, it was, it is good news. Dude, you, you did that in short time. Dude. Like, was, I know. Rock, Rock was running in record time. I'm right telling now. you, you want, you want me to go faster, put a clock in front of me, right? <laughs> I got this big old blue and black clock staring me in the face. So Jeremy's got that there for us because right? we, we, uh, we love to talk. That's, yeah. It happens. True. Yeah. You know this about us. Yeah. I'm good. That's why we rolled together well. So, yeah, right. that's cool. What's next on your question sheet, Travis? Um, <laughs> I'm all done, man. That was yeah. good. We're done. Uh, <laughs> all right, grace and peace. We're uh, <laughs> so like it's like it's the next like the next step is exactly what you said. Like you like you have this thing like that has got taught to you, and mm -hmm. then you got taught to go give it away, right? Yeah. So, like, talk a little bit about what that looks like, man. Um, so our out like our mission for Gen One was to teach like teach people how to eat the word, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so we invited people to come to to the building. And we spread out tables all over the place and we started teaching people how to eat the word. And it was while we were still being discipled, but um, most of the men that I ended up walking with in my first group came out of teaching people how to eat the word. It was the guys that sat around my table, yeah. right? Uh, but man, how cool was that? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. yeah. Like that, fun. man, that was fun, yeah, right? It was um, super fun. And like, I still remember those guys like, and, and, and stepping into that space of going, I'm not totally sure I can do this, right? Like, oh. can I, can I help somebody hear the voice of the Lord? And then like the first time that you're like walking somebody through Ephesians one yeah. and like you change the pronouns and they begin to believe that they are um, like chosen before the foundations yeah. of the world. Right. Yeah. To, to be uh, 
to be unblemished, holy and blameless, right? Chosen before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless, like, like and start seeing themselves. Oh my gosh! Way. And then they start crying, and then I'm just bawling like a baby, right? Like there's anyway, yeah. it was it was super cool, and so I ended up picking up a bunch of those guys that had set up my table, um, guys that I didn't know super well before that, and uh, and I'll tell you, like like it was hard, right? Like that first group, but I. Man, I'll, I'll encourage like anybody that's listening to this that wonders whether or not they can they can do this thing of multiplying their life. Like the first thing I'll tell you is, um, like in Acts it says that they were common men who have been with Jesus. And yeah. I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but like like common men who have been with Jesus, and it literally just says idiots that have been with Jesus, right? Yeah. Common that word common is is literally translated to the word that we get idiots from. And I'm telling you, like Paul says, I'm the chief sinner. Like I'm I'm boldly proclaiming i am the chief idiot yeah um i am dumb and i do stuff wrong a lot and i i forget things that i've been taught a lot and i'm i do everything i can to screw this thing up and somehow the lord still uses Come on. it right and so <clears throat> so um man through that first season i remember telling those guys a lot i'll be better at this every time i do it after you guys you guys are getting the worst version of David Brockman, the disciple maker that, that's <laughs> right. ever going to be, right? But it was cool because I also told them a lot, you're going to get to see me make mistakes, right? Yeah. And so I would encourage anybody, like as you're walking through your first group or thinking about starting your first group, like like we think that screwing something up or dropping the ball or having to go back and repent or having to go back and go, hey, I taught you guys wrong. Like we think that's a bad thing. Right. But the reality was it was a gift that the, that first group got that I'll never be able to give another group was they got yeah. to watch me struggle. They got to watch me grow up. They got to watch me yeah. screw stuff up and have to come back and go, hey, I really messed that up, right? I'll never teach it like that again. Um, I mean, and the, the, the truth is like they got to watch like I, I got into a yelling argument with a guy one night, right? Like we're <laughs> Imagine literally that. Stand, standing up, like yelling back and forth at each other in the living room. And, and, and that first group, uh, when we started, I had I had a, a set of brothers and another guy, and they had all grown up and like went to high school together, right? So they'd start arguing like like brothers <laughs> and like friends. And, and I remember probably the one, it, it's still a, a night that I remember that built a pillar in me as like a disciple maker and a leader was like things were getting chaotic, right? Like these these guys are, are arguing. Like I'm up here trying to teach something and then one person says something and then like like there's all this, like they're literally sitting on different couches arguing with each other. And now mind you, I, I might've, I'm pretty sure I was the youngest guy in the room, right? right? Because I was still a baby. Um, and I, like I, I'm going, either this is what this is gonna turn into or like I've, I've gotta do something, right? And uh, like I stood up and I said, listen, I'm the spiritual parent in this room. You guys have signed up for this, right? So you're gonna be quiet and you're gonna listen and we're gonna stop arguing. And it was like, like I'm terrified that they're gonna go, yeah, right. And you know what happened? Silence. Like they all went, okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we turned around and like we kept going, Come right? On. Come on. And, and it was a significant moment for me of trying to, to walk in in the authority that Jesus has given us, right? To do this thing called disciple making. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big thing th walking with those guys. But anyway, so I, I rolled with those guys. Um, I ended up releasing three of them. Um, and out of those three, uh, man, they all went and they all started and they all started rolling. Um, and then, uh, and then one of them kind of, kind of dropped off. I still need to chase him down a little bit, but, uh, man, it was, it was a if super, we love super you. sweet yeah. season. Dude, I do love you. Yeah. We do. Um, but, uh, dearly. And then the Lord just just really really super loved me well. Uh, my second group of guys of guys that I got to walk with. So I talked about Joey Crozier. Joey Crozier told me no with my first group. I invited him in and to ask him to be a, a, a part of my first group. And he's like, he's my best friend that we've been talking about these things for years. And I'm, I sit down and I'm like, I found the answer, bro. Let me teach you these things. And he's like, No, thank you. Now there's some there's a story and it was significant and it was right. But I'm telling you in that moment, like it crushed me, yeah. right? But then like then the Lord brought it back around and a year later, um, man, I got to walk with five guys and uh, man, just a quick rundown. Like I got to walk with a guy who who was spiritually dead when I met him and is now making disciples. I've never got to see somebody go all the way around the Putnam Circle except for Robert Hicks. Come like on, like it's, it's why I'm knitted together with that dude. It's why his yeah. story is so significant for me. I watched him go from spiritually dead 
and now like is becoming a spiritual parent. Yeah. It was the, it's the coolest thing that I've ever seen. I've got to watch his marriage be restored. I've got to watch yeah. his wife get well. I've got to, anyway, we talk about that for 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> All the things. But Jesus like I got says. to, I got to watch Robert Hicks. Um, and then, then Joey Crozier, like he was in my second group, like he said yes to me the second time around. So I got to, to disciple one of my best friends in the world, Andrew Six, who was, um, he was the best man in my wedding. So I got married when I was 21 years old. We stayed in touch. We've, we've been friends forever, but like we, we haven't spent a significant amount of time together since high school. Um, and and like the Lord allowed me to, to, to walk with him and teach him the things that I've been taught. Come on. Um, Dakota Palomino, who was a kid that was in our youth group when we were in Moore. Uh, man, I'm telling you, we, we like I've, I, I've left that relationship thinking that we had screwed it up, like we had broken him, right? And, uh, and then like the Lord brought it back around full circle and I hadn't talked to him in two years. And then all of a sudden, like, like I talked to him and, and three weeks later, he's in my living room. And, yeah. and now two years later, the dude's making disciples, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you guys heard his story. You guys did a yeah, podcast last, with Dakota, he, right? He was the, he's the most recent oh, heck men's yeah. podcast. So, so Dakota, like, like, and that's another one I could talk about for 45 minutes. And the last one that I got to, to do was like, we did youth ministry for years. And if we, like, I've, I catch myself all the time going, if I could go back and do it again, knowing what I know now, things would be different, right? Yeah. But like the Lord even loved me well in that, right? Like he, he gave me the desires of my heart in that, that like I got to be a part of stud yeah. when we started student disciple making and we got to do something different. And then out of being a part of stud, this kid named Nathan Curry, you guys have done a podcast with him too, yeah, right? He's right. been on too. So, so Nathan was in my, in my class when we were doing student disciple making on Sunday nights and, uh, and the Lord just kept highlighting him for me. Like the dude's good soil. Like he's a reliable man. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll tell you a quick story about Nate. So I go to pick, I, I, I had stepped out of, of youth ministry on Sunday night, student disciple making, and I hadn't talked to Nate in a couple of months, but like I was about to start my next group and I called Nate and I said, Hey, can we go to dinner? And I go pick him up and we're going to S and B's in Midwest city and we're driving over there. And the whole time we're driving over there, Nate's just talking about volleyball and he's got volleyball practice and volleyball games and he's really good at volleyball. And he's like the whole time over there, he's talking about volleyball. And we sit down and like they bring us our menus and I think we had gotten our drinks but we hadn't even ordered food yet, and uh, and I said something about okay Nate like you you had asked me a while back I I had told you that you were on my list of guys that I was praying about about disciple making, and I'm telling you almost immediately like like Nate starts to weep at SMB Burgers right, <laughs> and, and I go why are you crying and he's like. He said, because I hoped this was what this was about. Come on. Right? I'm not, and I'm going, are you kidding me right Because Because I'm going wrestling through the fact, can I invite a 15-year-old kid and a 40-year-old man into a D group? Will, will that work? Is that going to play? Right. And so I'm going, going, like, is there peace here? And is Nate reliable? And how's this going to work, Lord? And like Nate immediately begins to weep over the things of the Lord. And then we, we keep talking and then we start talking about like logistics and how's because he can't drive. He's, he's 15 years old. Um, and so we're talking about how this is all going to work and and he's just like he's excited and then i said i said nate all the way over here like you talked about volleyball and i said I, you talked about like you practice on different nights and you've got games i said if i'm asking you to be in my house one night a week how's that going to work with volleyball and this 15 year old kid looks at me and he goes he says i want to be discipled worse than i want to play volleyball Come on, man. so it will not be an issue right and that that was the moment where I went, okay, Lord, like he's a reliable man, yeah. so nothing else matters. If I got to go pick him up and take him home at one o'clock in the morning, we do D group, whatever we got to do, like like he he's good soil and he's worthy of investing in. So all that other stuff just went out the window in that moment. Yeah. So I'm I'm saying all that to say, like my second group, um, man, I was like, like it was just the Lord. Um, it was one of the most significant things where like like the Lord says, delight delight in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart, right? Yeah. And when I learned how to delight in the Lord again, um, he literally, like he just handed me this group of five men that I think was more about me than about those guys, right? He just said like, like here's every desire of your heart. Here's a second chance at youth ministry. Here's restoration with the relationship that you thought was broken. Here's your best man that was at your wedding. Like, so your high school, like, like I'm sitting in this room going every area of my life is represented by these men that's yeah. cool and like it's all being restored yeah. right it's all it's all getting well um and so that was that was super fun and i released those guys 
in June. No, in May. Yeah. Um, release those guys in May, and I and like I can tell you today, like all all five of those guys are are multiplying their life. Yeah. Right. It's One. freaking nuts. It's awesome. So. Hey. Uh, so super super quick. Yep. Um, we're almost out like, of time. Four minutes and fifty seconds, Travis. We're, we're good on time. There's a but grace abounds. Right. So, um, so when you talk about Nate, like Nate was 15, right? Yep. So, like I think it's a re- like this is a really good place to talk about just quickly, like how you honored the fact that like yeah. he still lived under the authority of his parents, right. right? Like so, like talk through that a little bit because I think it's I think it's super important. Um. Well, so like it's one of those things that like like I I'm no doubt I'm an idiot right but like the lord takes care of us and and part of it i think is is coming from a background of youth ministry and knowing that when parents aren't on board with things it makes things a lot more difficult yeah. um and nate can commit to something all that he wants but the reality is romans 13 1 and 2 says every authority that exists has been established by god yeah. right come on and it goes on to say like if when we rebel against that authority we rebel against what god has instituted yeah. right and we know that it says like to honor your father and mother so I told Nate that night at SNBs, I said, you can't tell me yes until we talk to your parents. I said, we're, we're going to honor them through this and we're going to fight to make sure that they know that um, like this is not a, a me versus them. Right. Like we're on the same team. We're on the same page. And uh, and so we left that night with the plan of getting together with his parents. And, and I went over to their house one night and I sat down with him and his dad and and uh, laid out for them what the ask was and. And I had, I actually had, I had all of them sign a covenant, his mom and his dad and him um, all, all signed the covenant because they needed to understand that like, like this was serious and it was significant. And <clears throat> like I, I needed them to wear the weight of, uh, I needed them to wear the same weight that Nate was gonna wear where it wasn't gonna work, mm-hmm. right? Because if, if they're sitting around on a Tuesday night and they go, hey, it's your brother's birthday, we're gonna go to birthday dinner, you need to come to birthday dinner with us, then um, like it, it, it's not, you can't disciple somebody who's not in the room, right? 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 And he couldn't drive and he didn't have control of his life at that point. And, uh, but like it was, it was so sweet. Like he, <laughs> now I'm gonna tell you all this, like he was still a teenager. Yeah. He still did dumb stuff, yeah. right? He's super spiritually mature. But he's still a 15, 16 year old kid. Yeah. So he'd still get grounded, yeah. right? And he'd still get in trouble. <laughs> um, but like even even when he was grounded, like like he would come he would come to D group, right? Yeah. Like his his parents didn't didn't uh, like ground him from that, and uh, and so that's kind of that answer that yeah, question. Yeah, like that's kind of that's how that played was was yeah, making yeah. sure that we had to be in covenant together, um, and I needed them to know that like I was backing them up, right? Yeah. But I also needed them to know that like. Like, and I told his dad, um, it's not going to be a deal where, where I'm like, we had to protect a covenant that I, that I had with Nate also. Yeah. We're like, I would encourage Nate to confess sin just like we would anybody else in our group. Right. But it's also not a deal where like you, you can't call me and check up on him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, it was, it was beautiful, man. Yeah. It was, it was super cool. It worked out way better than I ever imagined it would. Um, yeah. rolling around with the, like I said, Nate, he, he turned, I invited him in when he was 15. He turned 16, I think, the week after or the week before that we started discipling. And so I had a 16-year-old kid, and and Joey was old. Golly, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all in the same room, and, like, like it just worked, right? That's awesome. Oh, man. And it's that, it's that verse. Um, I was just flipping for it for a second, but it'll take me a second to find it. But it's a verse in Job that says, it's, it's not the age of a man, but the spirit that lives inside of him. Come on, man. Right? And that, that was what – that was the – kind of Nate's rallying cry, right? It's not about how old he is, but like the spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside Nate Curry. Yep. And, uh, That's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, you keep talking about like you're the chief idiot in the room, right? And I'm not going to argue with you on that whatsoever. Because <laughs> you know me well. No, no. no. But man, like we're both idiots. We know this. Like, True me, story. Like me and David always joke around like, like Lord, like, why did you pick us? Dude. More in the sense is because we're always goofing off. It's not off a joke. It's no, true. It is true. Like, who is man that he's mindful of, right? And When's so, the last time we were in a meeting together and didn't get in trouble? Sons I literally thunder. can't remember the last time <laughs> I know. that we were in a meeting together and didn't get in trouble. So I don't think that I don't think that exists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so bad. you know, but I mean, like what I'm reminded of is like that same verse. It says like the one thing they had in common is they said with Jesus, right? Right. And Isaiah 28 verse 26 says, "For he has rightly instructed 
his God teaches him. And so as I've watched you grow in the last five years, I mean, like what I've always seen is like, like though we do silly things, right? Like sons of thunder. Right. And, but the reality is like, like the one thing we all have in common is like we sit with Jesus and then like, like he rightly instructs you okay. and he teaches you. Yeah. And like you are a man that always hears the voice of the Lord and then you walk it out. Yeah. And it's been awesome watching you walk it out and watching you own that. And then being able to take that and turn around and teach it to others, yeah. you know? So. Heck yeah. It's been sweet. It has been sweet. So that's cool. And it's only getting better, right? Like I think that's, that's one of the cooler things is like, um, man, it's the same thing out of Job. Like, like one of the the more significant things that I've, uh, man, it's, I think it's the same thing out of Ephesians. I don't know exactly where it's at. I think it's in Ephesians. Uh, it says the, the fullness of time, Mm -hmm. right? You know, talking another another thing that blew my mind was like, it, it talks about the fullness of time. And when you, when you eat that phrase, Fullness is super abundance, right? Right. And time is Kairos. Yeah. Right? So it's literally saying that like the Lord has super abundance of Kairos. Like he like these moments that heaven breaks through in our lives. Huh. Um they're they're not he he's not he he's not reserved with it, right? He doesn't right. have a fixed number, he doesn't have some. Um like and, and I used to think that that like we would go to camp or we would go to youth convention or we would go go to these moments and expect the Lord to do something significant. Um, and when I realized that like the Lord has a super abundance of Kairos, like he, right. he's not in short supply of moments when heaven wants to break through in our lives, then it's like, ah, oh, it's there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, chapter one, verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth. Dude, right? <laughs> yeah. The super abundance of Kairos is what unites the things in heaven and the things on earth. Like that's how it plays, <laughs> right? It's it, dude. That's a, like that's actually pretty cool. I don't I don't know that I ever put those because we talk about all the time. Kairos is when heaven like like breaks through, like yeah. when heaven comes near to yeah, earth, right? That's it, man, and it's literally it's in the word right there. The super abundance of Kairos is what brings heavenly oh, things man. close to come earthly on, things, so and uh, and so it was. It it's been it's it's cool for me to remember that because as great as things have been over the last five years, um, like the reality is it's just getting better, yeah. right? And he still has a super abundance of Kairos for, for all of us yeah. as we continue to make disciples and continue to walk out our obedience and continue to sit with the Lord and do the next thing. That's uh, it. On, he's man. never gonna run out, right? Yeah. And when I start to forget about that, then I read those, like there's four chapters of Job um, when he's just like hardcore rebuking Job. And he's yeah. like, where were you when I did this? Where yeah. were you when I did that? Set the foundation. And the one that always sticks out to me is like, have, have you seen the storehouses of snow that I have, <laughs> right? Can you, like, Lord's got it all. Yeah. Like, do you know where I keep the light? Do you know? And I'm like, all right, Lord, you're right. You got this. Come so. on, man. Man, I'm, I'm gonna read this word because it's the word you've been in, right? And we just went back to it again. So I'm gonna read it for everybody. But it says, Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. It's blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through the, his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, right? Like earlier you are talking about, you know, like you believed... Hey, I'm saved for all my past sins. Right. But then everything else, I'm kind of like, uh-oh, right? Right. And what's really cool is, like, not only did he cho- choose you before he laid the foundations of this world and see holy and blameless, and he's talking well of you in heaven, but this word trespasses, it means, like, when we make a lapse of judgment, like, right. currently, yeah. like, when we when we make a misstep from following the truth. Okay. Right? Like, he's like, I died for that, too. Right. Right? According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we obtain an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Okay. Come on. Amen. That's it, man. Come on. It's good news. Holy and blameless, man. That word blameless is one of my favorite words that I've ever eaten. It says unblemished from the marring effects of sin. Come on. Right? Come on. Like holy and all the things that should have destroyed me, right? Not only did I survive or not only am I okay, but like like unblemished. Yeah. Right? Come on, man. Like right. I'm, I'm okay. Come on. Right? It is good okay. Good news. 
man like we're way over but there like i want <laughs> i'm sorry jeremy forgive us but man like there was a cool like i remember one time you're telling me like you were walking somebody through through something like they had they had had not necessarily sin that they had committed but past sin you, and we don't need to tell the story right but this is the same word you just yeah. said but yeah. they had had sin committed against them yeah and man like you're like like so, just walk us through how the lord like because you blew my mind with that word blameless dude, even with so, that so um Man, as somebody who is has been doing ministry for a long time, uh, and man, the fact is, like, I was always afraid of like running into somebody who had really been through trauma, right? Like things that, like, there's things that happen that we have a hard time explaining. Why would right. the Lord allow this to happen to this person? Why would the Lord allow a, a little innocent kid to be abused or? A, a woman to go through whatever she went through. Like, like there's so many things that happen that to be real honest with you for years, I was terrified somebody would ask me about. I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Right. And we're on mission and we're teaching a group of people how to eat the word. And I always teach people how to eat the word out of Ephesians uh, three, because it's, it's what like built my identity. Right. Like All it's right. what I always run back to. And uh, <laughs> it was like, we're teaching this lit, this, this lady how to eat the word and like we're eating through Ephesians, I mean, it said Ephesians three, but we're eating through Ephesians one. Um, and she starts weeping, right? And I'm like, heck yeah, I've seen this before. Like she's weeping over the good things of the Lord, right? And so I'm, I'm literally like, I'm smiling and I look at her, I'm like, man, what, why are you weeping over this? Why is this, why is this? And she's like, if it says that he chose me before the foundations of the world, why did he let all these things happen to me when I was a kid? Why did he let, why did he let, man, why did he let the worst things that you can imagine as a parent or an adult happen to a little girl from the people that were supposed to love her the most, right? And she's weep and she's asking these questions and like, like I'm terrified in that moment, right? Because I'm going, I don't, I don't know, right? I don't know why that, I, it makes no sense to me. And so like, she's literally got her head down on the table and she's just, she's crying. And I'm standing there going, Lord, like, I don't know what to say to this, this woman. And, and I look up at the post-it that we're eating Ephesians one on. Right. And it was like, the Lord said, like, like the answer is already there. And I had, I had eaten that verse more than any other verse that I've eaten in the Bible. Like I've, I've taught people how to eat the word out of it a hundred times but holy and blameless is always meant unblemished from the marring effects of my sin, right? It's always been that like, no matter what I did to try to destroy my life, like the Lord says that I'm unblemished from the marring effects of my sin. And in that moment, like the Lord went, not just the effects of your sin, but unblemished from the marring effects of someone else's sin. And I went like, hey, let me show you this, right? Like it's right here on the board. He says, you were, you were chosen before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless. And this word blameless means unblemished from the marring effects of sin. So even the things that happened to you, even the things that you went through, even the things that I have no explanation, like the Lord's before, before it ever happened, not after, right? Before any of those things ever happened to you, before, before you went to hell and back, before any of those things ever transpired in your life, like the Lord had already made a way for you to be okay. <clears throat> because he's already said that I chose you before the foundations of the world, right? And I chose you to be holy, and I chose you to be unblemished from the marring effects of their sin. Come on. So whatever they did to you, like you don't have to wear that hat anymore, right? You don't have to, you don't have to walk around as a victim for the rest of your life. You don't have to walk around <coughs> feeling dirty or less than or all the lies that that would come on you being like going through those kind of things because the word says before the foundations of the world like i made a way for you to not only be holy but to be unblemished from the marring effects of sin right come and if on. you believe that then then whatever has happened to you whether it was your sin or somebody else's sin right and it happens like people sin and it and it hurts us people sin and it it messes us up people sin and it messes with our identity or it it, it becomes our identity or whatever the case is. But it was like, like the Lord, it was, the Lord met me in that in, in like the coolest way um, because I had nothing to give her. Right. But like the word, like the word doesn't return void. And, yeah. and the word was enough that night. Um, and, uh, and like, she's, she's unblemished, right? She doesn't have to be marred, even if it was somebody else's sin. 
Right on. Come on, man. It's a good story. Yeah, it's it a, a good, good story. story. Thank it you. It's good. It was worth the extra minutes. Yeah. So, man, I'm a like I'm I'm super grateful for you, bro. Like I like like our like the relationship that we have. Like the Lord just continues into us together more, and I'm I'm certain that there's a new season coming <laughs> where. Uh, we're like it's gonna even be more so, right? And we're gonna be yoke fellows even more so. Come on. And so I'm I'm looking forward for the next things, but I'm super thankful for the like the season that we've been in and what the Lord's done with us. So Heck yeah. I'm grateful for you, brother. Yeah. Dude Travis sends me sweet texts all the, like a week ago. He sent me this whole paragraph, and I told him, I said, if I say it back now, I just sound stupid, right? <laughs> and so he just did the same thing to me. But <laughs> man, the the fact is, um like we went from all of us being people who didn't have a whole lot of significant relationships in our life. Right. Yeah. Um, to like, like the Lord knit us together. Yeah. For um, sure. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's like the seek first, the kingdom yeah, and everything it. else will be added. Like, like I sought for significant relationships at, in seasons of my life. Right. Yeah. Um, <coughs> but like, like the time that we've gotten that the most was when we quit seeking relationship right and started seeking the kingdom and now it's what knits us all together right on, it's it's it. it's literally the thing that um and it's cool because the reality is like a lot of us don't have a ton in common outside of the kingdom true story but like we love each other so much because we're on common mission yeah Come on. you were a basketball player and i was a wrestler right yeah. i mean yeah. if that is yeah. the opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. altogether i know <laughs> so Anyway, right. well, I feel the same way Travis did, but he already said it. So. <laughs> I know. I mean, I get it. Travis stole our thunder. No, he did totally steal our thunder. That's but right. we're still sons of thunder. That's, so that's right. Okay. That's right. I call him singing love songs. So just B- big brother <laughs> stuff. <laughs> right. Awesome, man. So, I mean, the reality is you've been doing the whole entire podcast is you you've been encouraging our listeners. But if there is one more thing like you had that like for our listeners out there who are endeavoring to make disciples, who are being discipled, right? And like, what is something like you would like to tell them to encourage them? Um, like Shema, right? Mm, come on. Um, whether you're making disciples or being discipled, like I think my guys get tired of hearing it when they call me and things are, are going to crap or <laughs> like, what do I do or, or whatever, right? Like the answer is always the same, right? Um, no matter what position you're in, no matter what, what you're, uh, like I said, no matter where you're at in the process, the answer is always the same. Like we sit with the Lord and we do the next thing. Come on. Um, That's it. Hear and obey. Here and obey. Right. Come and on. so if you're struggling, that's all you got to do. Either go back to the last thing the Lord told you to do and do it or go sit with the Lord and go do the next thing. Come uh, on. And things will continue to get better. Right. Yeah. And I was like, man, I know we're over. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it super short. John 15. We talk about John 15 all the time. Right. I should have done this first. This is this is better. <laughs> John 15 all the time. We talk about like apart from, like like when we abide, we bear fruit and apart from him, we can do nothing. Right. Right. And as disciple makers, when, when we go through the season of, of bearing a bunch of fruit, then we start to think that that's where we get to live all the time. Right. Right. Um, and so I would encourage you as a disciple maker, especially like bearing fruit is for a season. Psalms, um, Psalms on, one, man. the yeah. brown to green verse, it says yeah. in due season, you will produce fruit. Right? right. And what we know about grapevines is grapevines are cyclical. They produce fruit. Then there's a season of pruning and they have to be pruned. Then there's a season of growing. And then there's a season of bearing fruit again, right? Mm-hmm. And so, man, like if there's something I could encourage disciple makers with, it's this idea that like, just because you feel like you're not going through a season of bearing fruit, doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you've broken something. It doesn't mean that you've screwed something up. Um, like you just need to sit with the Lord and go like, are, are you pruning me? Are you pruning my group? Like, is this a season where you're cutting things off? And then there's seasons where we're growing, right? Where um, it's just time to grow up. It's time to take the next step. It's time, like we talk about maturity, it's time to extend your telescope and see the next thing coming for you. Um, and then you'll be back at the beginning of a season of barren fruit, right? So don't be discouraged if you're in a season of pruning or a season of growing because uh, they are just as significant and just as vital as a season of barren fruit. Come on, man. Yeah, it's a good word. You, uh, you want to pray us out? You got something you're going to give us, Michael? Man, it's um, I'm gonna have David read it because it's right here in the word. Um, I didn't know we could have these long pauses yeah. of dead air, Michael. Verse, well, yeah, I usually don't. Yeah. Isaiah 28, string verse 23, read it to 29. 
Give ear and hear my voice. Give attention and hear my speech. Does he who plows for sowing plow continually? Does he who continually open and harrow his ground? When he has leveled its surface, does he not scatter dill and sow cumin and put in wheat and in in rows and barley in its proper place and emmer as the border? For he is rightly instructed and his God teaches him. Dill is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is a cart wheel rolled over cumin, but dill is beaten out with a stick and cumin with a rod. Does one crush grain for bread? No, he does not thresh it forever. When he drives out his cart over, when he drives his cartwheel over it with his horses, he does not crush it. This also comes from the Lord of Hosts. <coughs> Excuse me. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. Heck yeah, yeah right. Come on, man. They, like there's a we season for everything. Yeah, there's a season. season so it. man, that's Turn good. It. Good word. You pray us out, man, Lord. Um, like first of all, like I'm, I'm thankful. Like I'm thankful, Lord. I'm thankful that for some some ridiculous reason, like you chose me before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless, Lord. And like we've we've been like Ferris and I have been talking about it a lot lately. That like um, I still don't understand it, but I'm done running from it, Lord. Like I'm done not believing what you say about me. I'm done not believing what you say about your church. I'm done not believing what you say about my brothers, Lord. So like like we stand firmly on the fact that you chose us before the foundations of the world, and I'm thankful for it, Lord. I'm thankful for Michael Ferris and Travis Evans. I'm thankful for all the spiritual family that you've put around us, Lord. I'm thankful for all the spiritual families listening, Lord, and and uh, man, I'm just asking like you would continue to 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 send your rain, Lord. Like like we know that some plant and some water, but the Lord brings the increase. And so like yes, I'm asking Lord. you for increase, Lord. Like I'm asking, I'm asking for another season of barren fruit, Lord. Like we've been through a season of 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 uh, pruning and we've been through a season of growing. And I'm asking for this body, Lord, um, that like you continue to to like send us a season of fruit, Lord. Um, and uh, Lord, we thank you. Like I'm super thankful. I'm grateful. And uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Grace and peace. Grace and peace.